Today we're talking about prayer, and i got a couple of little stories I'd like to tell you about prayer. There's this guy, a businessman, who's late to a very important meeting. And he's driving around the parking lot, he's driving around the block, trying to find a place to park, and he just cannot find one. And so he decides that he's going to bargain with God. God, he begins to pray, God, if you will give me a parking space, I will go to church every Sunday for the rest of my life, and I'll even quit drinking. Miraculously, right in front of him, a parking spot opens up. And the man says, never mind, God found one. There's a little girl, six-year-old minister's daughter. This is a true story. Six-year-old minister's daughter who uh, was just terrible uh, this week. She was awful. Her mother had to come up with the most awful punishment she could give to this little six-year-old girl, and she forbid her to go to the Sunday school picnic. The girl was distraught beside herself. Uh, all week long, she just moped, and her mother decided, you know what, maybe I've been a little too harsh on her. And she, she went to her at the end of the week and said, honey, I've decided I'm gonna, I'm, I was a little harsh on you. I'm going to let you go to the Sunday school picnic. And the little girl was not overjoyed. She did not jump up and down and yell yay or anything like that. She was even more gloomy and even more down. And her mother asked, what is wrong? I thought you'd be so happy that you got to go to the Sunday school picnic. She said, but I've already prayed for rain. <laughs> See, that's faith right there. That is childlike faith. I read another story. This one is I hadn't planned on telling, but Larry King, who used to have Larry King Live on CNN, tells the story of three preachers living in a land where the rain, it didn't rain and didn't rain and didn't rain and didn't rain. It had been in a severe drought for over a year. And one day a man comes along and uh, asks, uh, sees that these three preachers are out in the field, in a, in a dry and dusty field, and they are bowed down, and they are praying, and they are praying, and they are praying, and they are praying. He asks them, what are you praying for? He said, well, we're praying that it, it would rain. He goes, I don't believe you. Well, no, we've been out here every day for the last year. We've been praying for rain. I, I don't believe you. Well, what do you mean? I mean? It hasn't rained in over a year. We needed it to rain, and, and we've been praying every day that it would rain. I don't believe you. Why not? He said, because I would have brought something. Well, what would you have brought? An umbrella. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, let that one sink in for a minute. This morning we are going to talk about living a life of prayer. As we continue in our study of the book of Colossians, we've been talking about living in the name of Jesus, and today we're talking about living a life of prayer. Prayer is hard. Now, there's all kinds of things that make prayer difficult. Sometimes our prayers don't get answered the way we want them to. Sometimes God doesn't move in the way that we think he should. Sometimes God doesn't move at all, and we wonder, does he even hear our prayers? Is he listening at all? Is he going to move? Is he going to do something in my life? Is God going to answer my prayers? Prayer is difficult. We don't always understand why we should pray. If God knows everything, which he does, if God knows everything, then why should I pray at all? He knows what I need. Won't he just take care of it? Who is prayer for? Is prayer for God? Is prayer for me? Is it for God's benefit or is it for mine? Prayer can be confusing. We were told to, to pray and, and whatever we ask for in his name, Jesus said, it will be done. And yet, sometimes things aren't done the way we think that they should be. Why do these things happen? Why don't our prayers get answered the way we want them to? Why don't our prayers get answered at all sometimes? Prayer is hard. Prayer is confusing. Prayer is difficult. And, you know, um, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about why we should pray and how we should pray. 
and some things that we should pray for. Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes we neglect prayer. Let's face it. Sometimes we say yeah, our, our prayer lives run dry. They do. There are times and seasons in our lives where our prayer lives run dry, where our spiritual life runs dry. We feel like God is a million miles away. How do we get back to where we want to be? How do we get back to that, that refreshing place? Being up, they call it like a mountaintop experience. Being up on top of the mountain, being so close to God that you feel like you could reach out and touch Him. How do we get back there? I believe that prayer is a, is a key to that. Um, I think that rather than just throwing up a, a, an occasional prayer from time to time, because when we do neglect prayer, you know, we'll, we'll get into a desperate situation and we'll think, I, I, I don't know what to do, and, and we'll just throw up this desperate prayer from time to time. And Rather than doing that, we need to cultivate a life of prayer. We need to live a life of prayer. And like I said, we're talking about Col- Colossians and living in the name of Jesus. And that's what we've been talking about all, pretty much all of 2011. And we're going to do one more week. Next week is the last week in the book of Colossians. And we're going to finish up uh, Colossians next week by talking about living as a somebody. And it's really, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this sermon because um, Paul talks about a lot of people that we have no idea who they were, but he mentions them. And, and I believe that in the church, everybody's a somebody. And we're going to talk about that next week. So I want to make sure you come back next week to find out who you are, because uh, you, are, you are a somebody. Lady in my first church down in Atwood, Illinois, her name was Patty Peterson. And Patty Peterson always, on her voicemail message, on her answering machine message on her phone, said, uh, remember, you're a somebody. God doesn't make a nobody. And that's true. And that's what we're going to talk about next week, how you are not a nobody, you are a somebody. And we're going to talk about that next week. And uh, then in a couple of weeks, we're going to start a new sermon series called Faith's Fundamentals. And that's seven things that we must believe as Christians. And so we're going to talk about Faith's Fundamentals in a couple of weeks and go through, that'll take us through Easter and the following Sunday, May 1st. And then starting May 8th on Mother's Day, we're going to start a, a sermon series on relationships and the different relationships in our lives and what God has to say about our relationships. In fact, what, David and I are going to do something kind of cool. Uh, one of those Sundays, we're going to do a tag team sermon. We're going to preach a sermon together. Kind of look forward to that. Uh, so uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on. After Father's Day, I have no idea what we're going to do. We're going to let the Holy Spirit uh, guide us and, and kind of lead us where we need to go. Anyway, let's go back to Colossians. Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6 is where we are today. If you have a Bible, if you can locate one, there should be one in the pew in front of you. Or you should have brought one. Bring your Bibles to church. What a novel idea. Um, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6 is where we are today as we talk about living a life of prayer. And I want to read the very first verse there, chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. There are three facets to living a life of prayer. The first one is to pray with persistence. The Greek word that is translated as devote, that first word there, devote yourselves, that Greek word literally means to persist in or to persevere. So we are to live a life of prayer. We have to pray with persistence. We have to keep on praying. Uh, There are several verses in the Bible that tell us how to pray. And to be faithful in prayer, the first one is Romans chapter 12, verse 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Ephesians 6, 18 says, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray continually. One of the shortest verses in the Bible, pray continually. 
James 5, 16 through 18 says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us, James writes. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. In Luke 5, 16, the author uh, Luke tells us that Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In fact, throughout the book of Luke, you'll see many time and time again where Jesus goes to a lonely place or he goes to somewhere and he goes off and by himself and he prays. Jesus was a man of prayer. And if anything, that teaches us that we need to be people of prayer. We need to pray on all occasions, pray continually, and to keep on praying. And again, when Prayer gets frustrating and, and prayer doesn't seem to be answered the way that we think it should be. It, it is hard to pray. Now there are two key facets, two key aspects of prayer that we see in this verse in, in chapter, chapter 4 verse 2 of Colossians. There are two things that we need to learn about prayer. The first is that we need to be watchful. We need to be alert. We need to be aware of opportunities that come along when we can pray for somebody. I had an interesting experience this week. I woke up Tuesday morning and my heart was racing. Just do, 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 do. My, my pulse typically runs somewhere in the 60 range. I'm barely alive. Um, so my pulse typically runs about 60. My blood pressure runs maybe 108 over 65. Again, I'm, I'm barely living. Um, so I have good healthy blood pressure, good healthy pulse. I woke up on Tuesday morning and my heart was just... My heart, re... my heart beat was irregular. My pulse was 97 my blood pressure was 108 over 97. Oh, I'm sorry, my, my pulse was 91. My blood pressure was 108 over 97. Shannon says, what's wrong? I said, I don't feel good. <laughs> I said, I'm having heart palpitations. I could feel my heart just trying to beat right out of my chest. I thought, what is going on? Took my blood pressure a little while later. And, and again, it was like 111 over 89. And it was just very, very strange. And, and again, my heart was, she said, let me feel your pulse. And it was, you know, it would beat, beat, beat skip, skip, beat, beat, skip, beat, skip. And she's like, you're going to the ER. I don't want to go to the ER. I'll be fine. So I'm sitting in the ER <laughs> Tuesday morning. David drove me to the ER and uh, I'm sitting there in the ER and uh, they, they come and they do an EKG. I, I have a little bit of hair on my chest. And it's, <laughs> it's the reason right there not to go to the ER. But uh, so they do an EKG, they do a chest x-ray, they draw blood, everything's fine. My heart's beating normal now. So I have no idea why I'm sitting there. Uh, all I know is that I'm sitting in the ER uh, and my nurse comes in and she had found out that I was the minister here at the first, at the first Christian church. And uh, so I'm here at, at uh, the minister here at GFCC and she finds out that I'm the minister here and she comes and sits down next to my little hospital bed and she says, would you pray for me? I said, yeah. I said, sure, what's going on? Uh, my nurse, her husband's in Afghanistan, uh, and he wants to be an army chaplain, but he's not sure exactly why God is having these things done in his life. And uh, it turns out her kids came to preschool here, and she's very familiar with our church, and she goes to a different church, but she, she just asked me to pray for her. And I thought, you know, Joanne even said, <laughs> she said, maybe that's the reason you went to the ER, was just so you could pray for this woman. And that's absolutely possible. But we have to be aware of these opportunities. One of the greatest things that you can say to somebody is let me pray for you. Not I will pray for you because that's you know that's a Christian cop out right there. Somebody's pouring their heart out to you and you you know and you'll be like oh well uh, I'll pray for you. I mean it's like I don't know what to say so I'm just going to say I'm going to pray. No, let me have, try this one. Let me pray for you. 
right here, right now, and let me pray for you. And I prayed with, uh, her name is Katie, and, uh, and she had tears in her eyes, and it was just, just very cool thing that God orchestrated. I, again, I, I'm fine, heart's good, everything's fine, no palpitation since. But it was just a neat opportunity, and we need to be aware of those opportunities, and we need to pray for people, we need to be watchful. The second thing we need to do is we need to be thankful prayers. We need to be thankful when we pray. Too often, we look at prayer as kind of like a genie, you know, in a magic lamp, and, and it's like, okay, I'm going to rub the genie, and uh, I'm going to rub the lamp, and the genie's going to come out, and he's going to give me whatever I want. And that's not the case. That's not what prayer is for. That's not what prayer is all about. We are to be thankful. We are to be gracious. We are to have gratitude and not be greedy. We are to be thankful, not thoughtless. When we go to God, we need to, one of the things that we should do over and over again is thank him for the blessings in our lives. Because what that does is it teaches us to be content. And let's face it, Americans are not content. I've said it before, we have an entire industry built around not being content. It's called advertising. What you have is not good enough. Come out and buy this, it's brand new. Go to your store, spend money, stimulate the economy, get all the stuff that you could ever possibly need. You know, it's, uh, there's a show. Have you seen the show called Auction Hunters? Auction Hunters, what they do is they, uh, they go to storage units where people haven't paid their bill, and they auction off the contents of the, uh, of the storage unit. And, and literally just hundreds of store. I mean, storage units are everywhere. And people, you know, just get tired of paying for, to keep their stuff in a little apartment. We have apartments for our stuff. You realize this, don't you? That's exactly what it is. I have, I have an apartment for my stuff. You know, and it's just, it's, it's, it's an epidemic. And we're, we're not content. We're not thankful. We're not gracious. We don't have any gratitude. We just want, 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 want. And when we don't get what we want, 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 we get mad at God. Well, why can't I have it? We're like little children. Why can't I have it? And we say, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. And we rarely say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We need to be thankful when we pray. We need to thank God for the blessings that we have. We need to thank him for the blessings of family. Thankful that you got a roof over your head. Thankful that you got a car to drive. Thank you got, thankful you got a job to go to. Thankful that you got a church family who loves you and cares for you. Thank you that you have a rocking minister who just... No, maybe not. But uh, we need to be thankful. And I tell you what, one of the cool things that I saw this week, uh, I was reading in a, in a blog by James McDonald. Yeah, he's a, a preacher. Uh, and uh, he gave this really, really cool quote. He talked about, talking about misconceptions of the gospel and what he calls the carnal gospel. And this is what it is. He says, uh, the carnal gospel is, is basically uh, health, wealth, always happy, never hurting. Have you heard of this? You know, people want this to be the, the message from Jesus, that uh, they'll be healthy and wealthy, always happy, never hurting. Jesus solves those issues, but not the way we may think. He'll change what you want a lot more than what you have. Oh, that is so good. Sean could never think of something that clever or awesome. That is awesome. We need to ask God to change what we want rather than change what we have. We need to ask God to say, help me. We need to say, God, help me be content with what I've got. Help me to want the things that you want for me. Help me to want things like joy. Help me to want things like love and peace Help me to want things like spiritual growth. Help me to want to be like Jesus rather than give me all the stuff. I almost said a C word. <laughs> Can I say that on a Sunday morning? Probably not. I probably shouldn't. Help me get all the stuff. It's not what it's about. 
Life is not about accumulating and collecting things. Life is about growing in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it should be about. So we need to be persistent in prayer. Do not give up on prayer. Do not quit on prayer. Keep praying. It may be hard. It may be difficult. You may feel like it is a worthless exercise. Keep praying. Be persistent. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Secondly, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, he writes, And pray for us. Two, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray for ministers and missionaries. Pray for ministers and missionaries. Let me tell you what. The greatest thing you can say to me, and I think David would testify to this as well, the greatest thing you can say to us is I'm praying for you. I am praying for you. To go to God on my behalf or to go to God on David's behalf is tremendous. It is amazing. You could say, I'm going to take you out to lunch. But I'd rather hear, well, I mean, you can take us out to lunch, but I, I'd rather hear, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you. I am praying that God would strengthen you. I am praying that God would help you be devoted to him. I am praying that God uh, would, uh, would reveal his will for your life, that God would protect your family. Pray for us. It is a wonderful lift when people tell us that they are praying for us. Um, I have five things that I think that you can pray about for us. Uh, that I would encourage you to write down if you want. Five things you can pray for us. One, pray that God would provide for our needs. We didn't get into ministry to get rich, okay? But, you know, we do have needs and we do have bills and just pray that God would provide for our needs. You know, food, shelter, no termites. Um, Pray that God would keep us healthy. Uh, It's hard to minister when you're, you know, got the creeping crud and you don't feel very good and pray that God would keep us healthy healthy. That, that is a very important one, and uh, especially in my house. Pray that God would protect our families and keep them healthy. That's a really big one in my house, uh, but God would protect our families. I tell you what, Satan will rarely come after us, but he will come after our families because he knows that that's where we can be weak and vulnerable, and you hate to see loved ones that you have suffer. So pray for that God would protect us and our, our families and keep them healthy. Uh, pray that God would give us creative and innovative ideas. You know, that, that God would, you know, give us ideas uh, of new things to try. Uh, for me, a uh, new sermon series, that God would lead me by his Holy Spirit to, to the passages of Scripture that need to be preached, that the, the things that the congregation needs to hear. Uh, pray that God would give us creative and innovative ideas. And this is the most important one. Pray that God would keep us devoted to Jesus and to the Bible. Because I'm telling you right now, there's an article I read by a pastor named Craig Groeschel, and he wrote an article called Full-Time Pastor but Part-Time Follower of Jesus. And let me tell you, it is real easy, it is a real easy trap to get into that when you're doing ministry stuff to feel like, oh, I'm pretty spiritual, I've got a pretty good walk with Christ. You know, but let me tell you, you get so busy that the Bible becomes a textbook. You know, it's, I, I read my Bible to get ready for Sunday morning, but am I reading it to, to help me walk with Christ? Because I have to walk with Jesus too. All right? I can't just be up here every Sunday doing my preacher thing and then neglect my faith the rest of the week. When I talk about getting fired up as our theme for 2011, I'm, I'm talking to myself too. I have to be on fire for Jesus just as much as I want anybody else to be on fire for Jesus, okay? That pray that God would keep us devoted to Christ and to his word, that Jesus would be number one in our lives, that we would be fired up for God, that we would be fired up for Jesus. We need that. We need your prayers, okay? Um, 
Meryl C. Tenney said one of the most profound things you'll ever hear in your life. If a church wants a better pastor, then they should pray for the one it's got. You may go home Sunday after Sunday and go, man, I wish we had a better minister. <laughs> I wish we had a better preacher. I wish our preacher was, you know, like this guy. I heard this guy on the radio. I wish our preacher was like that guy. I wish our youth minister was like that youth minister we had 1,400 years ago. I wish that youth minister was like the minister they have over at this other church. You know what? If you want a better minister, if you want a better youth minister, pray for us because we, we're what you got. Okay? God brought us here for a reason. God has us here for a reason. And if you want us to get, if you want a better minister, pray for us. Pray that God would make us into what he wants us to be, that we would grow in our faith, that we would grow in our abilities as, as ministers. Pray for us. And uh, I'll be very, very thankful and grateful if you'd pray for us. Um, also, pray for missionaries. Uh, Jay, uh, Jay touched on it in his uh, communion meditation, his offering meditation this morning. Pray for missionaries. There's seven things that you can pray for for a missionary. Uh, this will be up for a little bit if you want to write these down. Pray for open doors. These come from Wycliffe uh, Bible Translators. They uh, came up with seven things that you can pray for missionaries. Pray for open doors. Missionaries face all kinds of obstacles from governments, uh, from other religions. Um, they need your prayers. Our, our missionaries need your prayers. So pray for open doors. Pray for the courage to witness. A lot of our missionaries are in a very dangerous locations. And their lives can be in jeopardy. Pray for our missionaries that they'd have the courage to witness when their lives are on the line. Pray that the word of God is proclaimed without obstacles. That God's word is, is, is preached and proclaimed and that people hear it and put it to use in their lives. Pray for protection, that they would be safe. Pray that there will be harmony and acceptance among the believers, that they go to places where Christians are fighting against other Christians, that there would be harmony and peace amongst the Christians to whom they are ministering to. Pray for God's direction and help while they travel. You know, a lot of missionaries, they don't go, you know, like we live here in Griffith and we minister here in the Griffith Highland area and we have a house and we stay here. A lot of missionaries go from one village to the next, to the next, to the next, one town to the next, to the next, to the next. They have a lot of traveling expenses. They do a lot of traveling and they need protection while they are while they're traveling and pray for renewal that God would uh, continue to renew them on a daily basis to give them the courage to keep going to give them the strength to keep going because it is hard the mission field is very very hard I have been on a mission trip to Haiti it was just a 10-day thing but I tell you what to see the kind of hardships that missionaries there have to go through it's so much different uh, than trying to minister here in America so please, pray for our missionaries. And whether they are uh, across the earth or uh, across the, the country, we have missionaries here in America who need your prayers as well. So please, pray for our missionaries. The last, the final facet of praying, uh, living a life of prayer is to pray, um, is praying, um, I'm sorry, <laughs> praying for opportunities. Verses 4 through 6, uh, 3 through 6, um, 4 through 6. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. God loves to answer this prayer. When you pray for opportunities to share your faith, God will come through on that one. He may not give you a winning lottery ticket, but he will give you a chance to share your faith. And you better be ready. If you say, God, give me a chance to tell somebody about Jesus this week, you will find yourself somewhere along maybe Thursday or so, somebody coming up to you and saying, 
where do you go to church? Or why do you go to church? Or is that a Jesus fish I see on the back of your car? Who is Jesus Christ? Or how can I know him? If you pray for an opportunity to tell somebody about Jesus, God will answer that prayer almost every time. He will answer that prayer. Because it is his desire that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Um, The important thing to remember, though, as we pray for opportunities, is that we have a consistent witness. That we have a consistent witness. Do you understand what I mean by that? Because if you are a hot-tempered, foul-mouthed employee where you work, and somebody finds out that you go to church somewhere, it doesn't mesh. It doesn't mesh. It doesn't match up. How is that possible? The Bible says that uh, uh, salt water can't flow from a fresh spring, that curses and praises can't come from the same mouth or shouldn't come from the same mouth. There needs to be consistency in our witness. There needs to be consistency in our lifestyle. Paul said there in in verse 6, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. People are watching you. People are watching me. Sometimes they just want to trip you up and go, ha, 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 see? Huh? All you Christians are just alike. All you Christians are the same. Sometimes they're watching just to see, is there really a difference in the way that they live? Is there really a difference? What is it about that person that makes them so different? And they will come up to you and they will say, what, what, why are you so weird? Why are you so different? Well, let me tell you why I'm weird. Let me tell you why I'm different. It's because Jesus makes me different. Jesus makes me weird. But I'm really not weird. I'm just going to heaven. We need to be consistent in the way that we live from day to day to day. We will mess up. We will fall short. We will miss the mark. We will make mistakes. We will sin and people will see it. They may say at that moment, you are nothing but a hypocrite. And you can look at them and say, I am a forgiven hypocrite. Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And I have accepted his offer of salvation And I have been saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb. But it is so important that we do not squander the opportunities that God has given us because people who do not know Jesus go to hell. People who do not know Jesus go to hell, and we cannot let that happen. And the worst thing that I can imagine is somebody going to hell because I didn't live a consistent life that I didn't live a consistent witness. And that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody. That's a lot of pressure to put on you that somebody may be looking at you and go, you know, I want nothing to do with the church because of that person. I want nothing to do with Jesus because of that person. But there are people out there who have been hurt by people in the church, who have been hurt by people's witness and inconsistency, and they go, I don't want anything to do with Jesus because of that person. I don't want to be that person. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm just telling you, there are people out there who say, I don't want anything to do with church because of church people. Let's not be those people. Don't blow it. All right, I have one thing I want you to do. I've got these little cards. I need some volunteers, some of my young people volunteers. Come up here, Emma.
Come up here, Nikki. Come up here, Drew. Emma, Nikki, Drew, congregation, congregation, Emma, Nikki, Drew. I want you to hand these out. Drew, would you run up to the balcony and, or Emma, run up to the balcony and hand those out. Drew, Nikki, take them aside. Okay, great. This is the 2011 prayer pledge. Hurry, Emma, fly like the wind. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that this week. No. No. I don't want to. I love being a dad. This is the 2011 prayer pledge. These are five things that you can pray for each day. And I want you to think hard and serious about this and how you can pray for our church, how you can pray for your ministers and missionaries. I will try to pray for these five things each day. Put this somewhere where you're going to see it, maybe put it to your, tape it to your bathroom mirror, put it in your car, put it in your, on your desk at work, um, you know, somewhere where you're going to see it, drop it in your purse, fold it up, put it in your wallet. I put it on nice yellow paper so it's real visible. I will try to pray for these five things each day. I will pray that GFCC, Griffith First Christian Church, will strive to fulfill its mission to love God, love others, and spread the gospel. I will pray that GFCC will work toward its vision to be a movement that believes in and follows the leadership of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that reflects God's glory in our lives and in the life of our church family, that unites as a family where everyone is welcomed and accepted, that influences the communities in which we live, and that finishes the race, wins the prize, and hears the words, well done. I will pray for our ministers. I will pray for our missionaries. Now this last one you may be looking at going, what in the world is that? I will pray. This is what the elders are praying for this year. I will pray for $6,000 per week in average offerings and $200 per week in average attendance. Now, why are we praying for that? Let me tell you why. Because those indicate two things. One, I want to pray for increase in offerings so that, A, we can uh, expand our ministry opportunities in our community and in our world. The more the offerings go up, the more we ship out for missions. The more the, the offerings go up, the more programs we can run. The more the offerings go up, uh, the more opportunities we can uh, reach out into our community through various methods. We can actually pay our bills every week. Amen, Bob? Uh, <laughs> Pray for 200 a week in average attendance. Why would we pray for an increase in attendance? Let me tell you why we pray for an And I don't want you to pray that, you know, people would just start coming to church. I want, to pray, I want you to pray that people would come and get baptized. I want you to pray that people would start coming to church, that our attendance would go up. Because you know what? When the attendance goes up, we have more volunteers in our ministries. We can run different ministries and more ministries. I want you to pray that God would, that God would bring increase to our church. But not just yet. And not just now, not all at once, I want you to pray that God would not just increase offerings and attendance, I want you to pray that God would make this place a place that's ready for that kind of increase. We're praying with a purpose. You may disagree, you may say, eh, it's foolish, that's fine, don't pray for it. But I want you to commit, if you, are, if you feel as passionately about GFCC as I do, I want you to commit to pray for these things. Try and pray for them every day. And then let's, let's sit back and let's watch what God does. Because I believe that God answers prayer. I believe that God moves through the prayers of his people. And if we will stand together, if we will unite together, and we will pray together, that we will see God do amazing things. Because if God builds this church the way that I believe that he can, that he wants to, and that he will, we will be a shining beacon for Jesus Christ. We will 
fill this world of darkness with his light, that we will change this community and the communities around us, and that we can change the world. Jesus did it with 12 guys. We average 166 in attendance every Sunday. Jesus did it with 12. What can we do with 166 people every week? Let me tell you what we can do. We can change the world. We can change lives for Jesus' glory. We can change lives for God's glory. We can change this community. We can change the hearts of people through the power of God and His Holy Spirit, and the world can be changed. Don't tell me it can't happen. Jesus and 12 guys have created a movement that uh, 1.2 billion people across the planet claim to love Jesus. We got 166, we got over 10 times the number of people Jesus said. Not, your leader isn't Jesus, trust me. But, but with the power of the Holy Spirit in our church and in our lives, with God's power within us, there is nothing that is impossible for God. There is nothing that is impossible for God. And we can change this world by His power and His strength and His provision. Will you pray for these things each day? That's my prayer. That's, my, that's what I ask. That's my challenge for you today to live a life of prayer and start praying for these things. Let's start right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Help us to live lives of prayer that we would not give up, that we would be persistent, that we would be devoted to prayer. I thank you, Father God, that you love us so much that you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins and that you have uh, made it possible to even come to you in prayer. I pray that today we would begin this process of praying for our church family. That you would pray, that we would pray to, that our church would fulfill its mission. That we would love you more and love others around us and that we would spread the gospel to the, to the four corners of the earth. I pray that today that you would help us to fulfill our vision. To be this movement that changes the world as you have called us to do. I pray that God today that you would be with David and myself that we would grow in our faith, that we would be devoted to Jesus, and that, we would, uh, that you would protect our families, and that you would protect us. I pray for our missionaries around the world, wherever they may be, from Africa to the Philippines to here in the United States to, uh, to uh, the former Yugoslavia. We pray that, God, you would be with our missionaries and protect them at this very hour. If there is anyone in danger, that you would protect our missionaries at this moment. I pray today that you would increase our offerings and our attendance, not for our glory, but God, only for yours. We want to do everything for your glory and that by your provision, by your hand of providence, we would be able to do more, that we would be able to reach more, that we would be able to create more disciples, people who are sold out, fired up followers of Jesus. It's not for our glory, God. It's for all for you. And we do give you the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And all the people said, Amen.